Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, March 16th. Today on the show, we will hear from angry Steve Cavendish from the Nashville Banner about the cost of missing all of the tournaments for Belmont and the future of the OVC. But we begin with a crazy Monday in the NFL with legal tampering and both the good and the bad for the Tennessee Titans. The 440, of course, is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. For all of your remodeling needs, to make your home a happy place, something you're proud of, and oh, by the way, if you want to make a little money on your property as well, make sure you check out the Kingston Group. The work speaks for itself. Go to the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com, the Kingston Group. So the NFL's legal tampering period started with a bang on Monday. After cutting Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, and Adam Humphreys last week, and John Robinson coming off the worst offseason of his tenure as the Titans' general manager, fans were rightly nervous heading into this week. It was first reported that Corey Davis and Jonu Smith were not coming back to the Titans. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Smith signed a four-year, $50 million contract with the New England Patriots, and Davis signed a three-year, $37 million deal with the New York Jets, which removed more than one-third of the entire passing attack in one afternoon. And so it appears that the idea that the Titans are going to basically let every single in-house free agent walk is slowly becoming reality. You are potentially looking at a list of starters leaving this team that includes Davis, Smith, Butler, Baccaro, Jayon Brown, Daquan Jones, Desmond King, and Jadavian Clowney. Now, expecting this team to keep them all, or even most of the names on that list, was far-fetched and unreasonable to expect. Like Davis, for example, he deserves a big paycheck and to be a number one wide receiver, and he plays an expensive position. It never felt like he was really coming back. Smith, on the other hand, to me, is the most difficult piece to replace. What he does with the ball in his hands, his blocking ability in the run game, his versatility, his red zone talent, you cannot go out and just find that level of production. Replacing Davis is far easier to do. This was always why Smith was the top priority among the in-house free agents this offseason. But you're not going to keep anybody? This seems like a major strategic gamble from Robinson. This team's Super Bowl window is open right now, if you believe in windows, and the offense still looks pretty darn good on paper. However, there is no conceivable way that you can remove all of that quality starting talent from a team and expect them to get better. And oh, by the way, you're also replacing your star offensive coordinator as well. So John Robinson's job from that point on immediately was to rebuild the roster and fill the major holes that he created on the depth chart. It's either shrewd genius business savvy or completely misguided belief in their own ability to replace that much key talent. That is what's at stake this week with these decisions. Now, before everyone goes running through the streets naked screaming bloody murder, step one of Robinson's plan is already underway to shore up the defensive line. The Titans made their first big move on Monday, adding six foot five, 280-pound defensive lineman Danico Autry to the squad. The Titans gave Autry $21.5 million over three years with just $9 million guaranteed and stole a very good defensive piece from their main competition in Indianapolis. Autry will play alongside Jeffrey Simmons and has routinely collapsed pockets in his seven-year NFL career. He's collected 20 sacks, 26 tackles for loss, and 32 quarterback hits over his last three seasons with the Colts. The 30-year-old will be a versatile piece for the Titans. He has the ability to slide outside in passing situations and sub-situations. No matter where he lines up, he affects the opposing quarterback, period. And that's the name of the game in the NFL with how fast quarterbacks are getting the ball out. And he's coming in at a reasonable price. 
Ache was a really savvy addition and improves a major area of deficiency while also weakening a primary AFC South rival. But it doesn't entirely solve the Titans' pass rush woes. So Robinson wasn't finished. The Titans decided to go big game hunting, and the months-long flirtation with former Pittsburgh outside linebacker Bud Dupree became a full-blown affair on Monday evening. The Titans are giving Dupree $82.5 million over five years, making him one of the highest-priced free agents in this class and one of the highest-paid players at his position in the NFL, at least for now. The full details have not been finalized or released as of Monday night, so it's important to note that the structure and guarantees are equally as important as the terms themselves. But Robinson is giving the dynamic edge playmaker elite-level money. This contract sits alongside the likes of Chandler Jones in Arizona, Zadarius Smith in Green Bay, and comes in just a shade under what Tampa Bay just paid Shaq Barrett on Monday. Since entering the starting lineup four years ago, Dupree has 31 sacks in 57 games started. He's added 52 quarterback hits and 44 tackles for loss over that span. And most importantly, he's been extremely consistent at pressuring the quarterback. He's had at least 42 QB pressures in each of the last four seasons, including his shortened 2020 campaign. Which brings us to the injury. Dupree tore his ACL in week 12 of last season. He was on pace for the best season of his career. And while recovering from torn knees seems commonplace these days, it's still clearly a major red flag. The scouting reports, metrics, eye test are all outstanding for Dupree as it pertains to effort, work ethic, leadership, cultural fit, and schematic fit. The polar opposite of the guy the Titans tried to bring in last year. But it's worth noting that he played on one of, if not the most dynamic front sevens in all of football. And playing with stars all around you is very different than playing for, well, the Titans. Has Robinson earned the benefit of the doubt to execute his vision along with cap guru Vin Marino? In my opinion, they have, despite last offseason struggles. And the pandemic has created a difficult financial situation for every single team in the NFL. There is no doubt. So he obviously is executing his plan, for better or for worse. This is Robinson's big play. The combination of Autry and Dupree is why Davis and Smith are gone. And this decision to shift massive resources from his passing attack to his defensive front is one that will define this team over the next few seasons. Additionally, the Titans temporarily solved the Isaiah Wilson problem as well by adding 28-year-old offensive tackle Kendall Lamb. The six-year player signed a two-year contract that could be worth up to $8.5 million total. He started 13 games at right tackle for the Texans three years ago, but spent the last two seasons in Cleveland playing a variety of positions. He only had three starts over the last two seasons, but he's a nice depth piece for the Titans' offensive line. Belmont missed the NCAA tournament despite winning 26 of their 30 games. The strength of schedule just wasn't there for them. One loss in the OVC tournament championship game cost them. I thought we'd bring in noted Belmont alumni and editor of the Nashville Banner, Steve Cavendish, to get a few things off his chest about the Bruins getting left out of all of the tournaments and what it means for the future of the OVC. Oh, and uh, earmuffs, kids. Belmont played 30 games this year, won 26 of them, and the NCAA has deigned it to say that that is not good enough to play in their tournament. In a year when COVID was ravaging every single college schedule in America, Belmont got 30 games in. They have 26 wins, which, by the way, is the same number of wins as the highest seeded team in the tournament, Gonzaga. I realize they played different schedules. It is absolutely insane to me that Belmont does everything they can 
they get games wiped off of their schedule. They lose a tournament, which they were going to play. And this list of teams is just insane. They could have played Gonzaga, Michigan State, St. Louis, Boise, and Xavier as part of an uh, as part of an early season tournament. They didn't get that tournament in, and all of a sudden, their net rating or whatever score you want to use goes to hell because it, it affects their strength of schedule. It is it, it is ridiculous. The NCAA has had it in for mid majors for years. And the fact that they cannot figure out a way to get more of these teams in as opposed to shitty marginal power five conference teams is infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating. There's no way that like a, that like a power five team sneaking in as a, as a 10 or 11 seed is more valuable to the tournament than some of these teams that won their regular season conferences and screw up in the screw up in a tournament. And, and now they're left on the outside in. Don't even get me started about the NIT, which they just changed the rules for this year and now said, no, nah, Belmont, you're not even getting into the NIT. It's absolutely fucking ridiculous. You feel better? I needed to get that off my chest. How much do you think this costs the, the school? Like, is there a way to calculate that figure? I mean, those, those figures are always squishy. They are real. There's a certain amount of prestige Belmont has gained over the years by being in the NCAA tournament, by playing well, by winning a couple of years ago. That's advertising that the school cannot get otherwise. It has made the school visible across the country, and, and that is just gone. And so, yeah, there's a monetary cost to being screwed by the NCAA. It, it stinks. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how to remedy that part of it, but I was happy to see Belmont put out a statement yesterday from Casey Alexander. He said, quote, I'm deeply disappointed our players won't have the opportunity for postseason play. Casey had a, an interesting thing at the end of his quote. He said, he said, it's a great reminder you have to handle your own business every day, practicing games, and not rely on anyone else to do it for you. What Casey was too nice to say was that because the NCAA absolutely will not do it for you. And I, I think that is a that is a big warning for the OVC going forward with losing two members already. The conference is probably going to get blown up, and schools like Belmont have a chance for an at-large in, in the NCAA tournament are absolutely going to look for conferences that will give them that opportunity. The OVC is not it. Thank you, Angry Steve. <laughs> he doesn't get like that very often, but I like it when he does. Be sure you check out Lamestream Sports every Friday on the 440 Sports Network featuring Steve Cavendish and myself, where we talk Nashville sports media and business. We had Buck Rising on the show last week, and Chad Withrow will be our guest this week. I'm pretty sure you won't want to miss that. Rate, review, and subscribe. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. Go look at the website, buildkg.com. I really don't have to say anything else. Just go to the website, buildkg.com. I've told you about the process. I've told you about alignment, how they want their process and your vision to be aligned so that we can get to the finish line without any surprises. And the vision for your home comes to life, right? It, it's You're happy there. You're proud there. And of course, it appreciates in value and makes you a little money as well. Just go to the website. Don't take my word for it. Go to the website, buildkg.com. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.